You're listening to the Art of Parenting podcast. I'm your host, Jeanne-Marie Penel. Welcome and thank you for joining me. I created this podcast along with everything I do at yourparentingmentor.com to support and inspire you to be the best parent you can be. I know for a fact and from experience that parenting was never meant to be done alone. From conception to preschool, my mission is to give you the tools, strategies, and knowledge to embrace and elevate your parenting experience. I'm dedicated to supporting, inspiring, and guiding you to nurture your child's immense potential with as much joy and ease as humanly possible. Make sure to take time to check out all of the resources I have gathered for you in the show notes, as well as on my website, yourparentingmentor.com. And be sure to get on my email list so you do not miss a single episode and other products and events I curate specifically for you. And please do not hesitate to reach out if you have any questions, concerns, or feedback. A warm welcome to you and thanks for tuning in. Hello and welcome back to The Art of Parenting. This is your host, Jeanne-Marie Penel, and today I am speaking with Dana Abraham. And Dana, thank you so much for making the time uh, to be here with us. I know you are in a very busy season with a book coming out soon, but I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. I am absolutely honored to be here. As we were talking before we started, like we've been in the same circle for a really long time. So this is just a pleasure for me. Yes, it is. It is kind of cool when we are, you know, both in the parenting advice world and we finally get to speak each other like it's so it's great. So thank you. Um, so I always like to start with having my guests define what the art of parenting means to them. Hmm. I think that thought is such an, a great question. And I would say that the art of parenting comes down to finding and navigating your way through the peaks and valleys of, you know, this journey with your children while you're building a, you know, two things, one, a responsive and in-tune relationship, and at the same time, creating this environment that allows your children the space to make mistakes, the space to, to find compassion, to find love and help them thrive. Beautiful, beautiful. And when you say environment, can you define that a little bit more? Because I'm I have my Montessori hat on that we talk about the prepared environment, which is a physical environment. I mean, there's the I think, I think in so many ways, it's like the, the mental, emotional, the physical, the psychological environment, just the space that we can hold our children in. I think so often, parents are trying to look at the end of the destination of when our kids turn 18, when they graduate, when they go out into the real world, when they um, get married, and they get so caught up in those fears that they miss that while our children are with us, we can create almost this ecosystem that gives them the room and the space to explore, make mistakes, learn from them and grow while having a safe person to lean on. So, so important to have that trust and that safety. Thank you for that. Um, and I would love if you could share with our listeners a little bit about yourself and, and how you came to do the work that you're doing today. Yeah, 
through those peaks and valleys. <laughs> um, so I, I kind of joke that I was kind of born into this. I am a sibling of a bipolar brother. Um, and so I received a lot of his his fits, a lot of his aggression and anger growing up. So I had to learn at an early age how to navigate um, kind of a rough terrain or stormy weather. And then when I became a teacher, my favorite kids were the ones that came with a paper trail behind them. I worked in inner city Chicago, sometimes had 45 kids in a classroom and we're talking kindergarten. And, you know, my my favorites were the ones that all the other teachers kind of threw their hands up at. And so when I became a parent, I really did feel like I had this thing in the bag. Like I was like, I'm going to be the world's best parent because I had all the knowledge and the expertise and all of the, the, the theory. And I had been teaching for 12 years. I'm like, I got this. But nope, that is not what happened. Um, instead, I was thrown so many loops and so many curveballs. And for the first seven years of parenting my oldest, I really felt like just an absolute failure. I felt like I couldn't do anything right. I felt like I was trying all the things that I knew in my gut to be right. And I knew from my education background to be right. But then they weren't working. So I was trying all the things that felt so against my belief system. And at, at age seven, it came to a head at school one day. He had been at this point kicked out of preschool and trouble in kindergarten and suspended in first grade. And by second grade, he was being kicked out of school more days than he was in school. And yeah, it was, it was rough. And um, here I was supposed to be this, you know, I was walking into a classroom and to schools where I was on the weekend teaching them how to be better teachers, and yet my kid was the one who was getting kicked out of school. So that was fun. And um, so then there was this one day, though, that I walked into school and, you know, they called me. They said he had had another aggressive fit, and they took me into the office. They all threw their hands in the air. We don't know what's going on. And they had called the police on him this time, and they basically, the principal said, you have two choices. You can take him home and don't bring him back till you figure out what's wrong with him. Or you can let this officer take him into custody. Mm. And, you know, first and foremost, that is illegal. So if anyone's listening to this and someone does that to you, know that you have rights. Um, but at that moment, it just became really clear that no matter how hard I advocated for him, he wasn't going to get his needs met in that environment. And so I did the unthinkable and I quit my job. And that's when I started Lemon Lime Adventures. And because I looked online for how to homeschool and how to navigate this new era and everything looked picture perfect. And and I felt, again, so alone and like such a failure. And I thought, well, I'm just going to document what I'm doing because I thought maybe there's one more person out there who doesn't have their stuff together, who just needs to know that they're not alone. And the cool thing is I didn't find one person. I found millions of other people online who are, you know, raising kids that don't fit the mold, who struggle to fit into the traditional paradigms. And so that's what I've done for the last 10 years is both navigate this with my son and then start teaching it to other parents around the world. And that brings us to today. It's almost 10 years later from that day that we walked out of the school. Wonderful. What, I mean, 
however hard that was, what a lucky, you know, child to have you as an advocate that you were, you know, and that you were able to quit your job and just, you know, devote yourself to, to that. And, and I know you have other children, right? Were, were they already uh, around at the time? They were, they were. I actually, my youngest, um, the day that I got called to school, I was nine months pregnant. So my my goodness, youngest just turned 10 this month. Um, and my middle is just two years younger than his brother. So he's a freshman in high school. My oldest, the one that I brought home just graduated high school last week. So, um, you know, we've really, we've kind of come all the way through, but yeah, it's, it's been an, a fun and interesting and not always fun journey for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what, when you were, you know, when you were sharing all of that, what came to me was the, the kind of the school officials saying what is wrong mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. him. And that must be so, so hard for a parent to hear because there's nothing wrong with our children, right? They just, they're, they're different. They're not, there's, so how, how did you like navigate that even knowing, you know, with all your professional background, knowing that that was not a good label to have? I think even then there was a part of me that wondered, even though I knew it wasn't what was wrong or what was broken, I did want to know what was different. And I, at that point it was, what can I figure out? And so we were seeking out therapy. We were seeking out assessments and diagnoses and all these different things. And we were hitting a lot of walls at the time. And so when I brought him home, I really, instead of focusing on what was wrong, I really focused on, I had two goals. My first one was I didn't want him to hate himself for not fitting into the world around him. And number two, I didn't want him to place blame on the people around him that didn't understand him. And I really felt like if I could, if I could instill those two things in him by the time he graduated high school, then I would have done my job. And because I truly believe that when children don't feel like they fit in, when they feel like they're broken, when they feel like they're bad or something's wrong with them, that's where we see even more of these behaviors. And then they're either behaviors towards themselves or their behaviors towards others. And I, I believe it's a lot of where we're seeing some of these like really catastrophic things that are happening in our world today is that displaced sadness and anger. Yes, yes, definitely. And when you, you know, you say that you've been at this for the past 10 years and, you know, working with other parents and supporting other parents, have you seen kind of more people reaching out uh, over the years or has it been pretty constant? It's been, so when I first started writing the blog, I had no intentions of ever becoming quote unquote a parenting expert or coach. It was more of just, here's what I'm navigating. Here's what I'm learning as I go. And so the first five years was really a lot of that as I was kind of going through things. But once I started realizing that there was a, there, there kind of were some patterns emerging. There was some stuff coming out of it. We started really small. We kind of broke everything we were doing and we started um, teaching this kind of framework to parents. And it started with 25 and then 75 and then 500. And then, you know, at this point, we've had thousands and thousands of people around the world go through our programs. And 
I would say the one thing that I've noticed is that post-pandemic, it gave more people permission to say, hey, I think my kid needs something different than what we're currently doing. I don't think there's this, you know, a lot of people out there will say, oh, more kids have more problems than ever before. It wasn't like this when I was growing up. And it was like, yeah, it was, it was, but it wasn't allowed. Like it was pushed down and it was masked and it was hidden, but the children just suffered in silence. And now they're adults and they're going, oh my gosh, I have all this trauma. Oh my gosh, I have all these, you know, like hidden emotions that I've never dealt with. And I just think we are at such a beautiful time in history where we can raise children and acknowledge who they are, both the things that, you know, cause struggles in their life and also the things that enhance their life. But we can embrace all parts of that child and and raise them in, in a way that gives them the skills they need so that they feel completely fulfilled in who they are when they grow. Yes. And I, I agree with you 100% about being in a time and place as, as parents that you know, we we are able to to know so much more about brain development, about you know, emotional intelligence, all of this that we are able to raise uh, a new generations of of people who are emotionally aware, self aware, and and so forth. I, I really it resonates with me when you say that because to me, I've I've really been feeling how you know, we really do have the opportunity as parents to to evolve these days. We do. And we have such an opportunity because post-pandemic, we have such an opportunity that really opened up opportunities for our kids that just didn't exist even two years ago. You know, the online world is exploding um, with chat GPT and AI. There's new opportunities exploding that never existed before. And so to think that our kids are going to have to grow up and work a nine to five, that our kids are going to have to um, work a job that goes against their belief systems or that they are going to have to go against their natural tendencies just to have a place in the workforce, I think is absolutely, you know, this is the time in history where that is finally pre- like very clear that there's a place for our kids. Definitely. Definitely. And when you talk about your framework, would you mind sharing a little bit about what that that entails? I know you were you were telling me offline that it's it's about kind of simplifying uh, and that there's different uh, stages to go through. And I'd love if you could just touch upon that a bit. Yeah. So what we found is kind of a two part system, um, because we found that in in the advice that's regularly given to parents, it is spans a, a very large spectrum, right? You have, oh, parenting is intuitive. All children are different. There's no one way to parent kids. And so it's all trial and error. Good luck, right? You have that side. And then you have the other side that says, nope, this is the right way to do it. Do it this way. You're the parent. You're in charge. Get them in line. Do these things. And I think that 
you know, either one of those, and then there's all kinds of things in between, leave parents really feeling like, well, if it's not intuitive to me, if I didn't have a good model, or if I have my own background that's making this hard for me, or if my child is different than how I was when I was being raised, then maybe something's wrong with me or something's wrong with my kid, you know, or they get really overwhelmed. And so we found that you know, we really wanted to find a way, a framework that made it so it wasn't cookie cutter. It made it so that here is this organization system. Here are the things that you need, the elements that you need so that you can solve problems with your kids. You can create this beautiful relationship, but you don't have to feel like you're doing absolutely all of it. And I'll explain that framework in just a minute. And what we found is we taught the framework for years and we had a lot of success. We had parents who were going from, you know, constantly yelling at their kids to having this relationship with their kids where their kids were actually solving problems on the playground. It was beautiful. But what we realized is it was still losing some people in the mix. And when the pandemic happened, it was really clear. There were a lot of people who were in survival mode and our program was built for people in chaos. And so we knew exactly what to do here. And we knew that when you're in absolute survival mode, you can't access routines and self-awareness um, activities and self-regulation games and, you know, all these things that are, are great activities, but they're so far down the line that if you try those at the beginning, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle to remember the tactics. You're going to struggle to implement them. And then again, you're going to feel like a failure when you're not. You're just trying to dive in the deep end when you haven't learned to paddle yet. And so what we found is having a roadmap that takes parents through these stages that are common across different cultures, across different challenges, that these five common stages really do walk you through how to go from survival mode to thriving. And it applies that framework we found at every stage. So now you have these guide rails and you have these like this bumper system almost that helps you take one, your hard won knowledge as a parent and couple it with best practices in communication, the latest brain science, the latest in child development. And so you're not doing this alone and you're doing it with those you know, beautiful guide rails, like I said. Wonderful. So kind of high level, the system. Right. And what are the five stages that you mentioned, if I may ask? So the five stages, it starts out with what we call surviving the storm, which is just really just kind of being able to get through the hardest moments. And your number one goal in that stage is to get everyone to safety. Um, at that point, it's really about the parent being the safe place. And I grew up in Tornado Alley, so I think of it a lot as like what we do when a tornado comes through here um, or when the sirens go off every Wednesday, we all practice our tornado drill, like exactly what we would do in that in that situation. So that's um, surviving the storm. It's getting through the moment. And then after that, there's this stage that almost every single parent skips, especially women, and that is the time and energy reserves. So it's all about building up 
your battery and your reserve system so you can handle any challenge that's going to come your way. So instead of jumping into the strategies and tactics to take care of whatever challenge you're having with your kid, you have to first take care of yourself. And it's we do this with something called a five-minute energy plan, and it really is about boosting your own energy, removing drains, understanding what helps you by building these teeny tiny habits. Um, So that's stage two. And then stage three is where we're starting to finally have enough calmness and enough energy to start navigating these challenging situations. And it's how do we show up in that situation? And we call this the calm in the center of the storm. And this is where we create an in the moment plan for what to say and do in the heat of the moment that keeps connection, that keeps you present and empathetic and able to be supportive to diffuse the situation quicker and easier without adding fuel to it. And then, and that's where a lot of the programs start is right around there. And the majority of parenting advice we find starts in the next phase, which is, um, we call it no more storm chasing, which is about getting ahead of the moment. So this is no longer playing parenting whack-a-mole. You're no longer trying to solve every single problem. You're starting to actually hone in on what's your biggest chaos causer right now. Like what's the thing that's causing the most chaos in your family and applying the framework that we can talk about, but then creating this plan. And this is where you start to build that trust and the collaboration with your children and you start actually creating solutions with your children. You unravel the behavior, you start figuring out where it's coming from, and you can start creating, like I said, these solutions, these plans with your kids and tweak those along the way so that you can actually head this off before it ever happens. So you're starting to be proactive now. And then the final stage is kind of like that mecca for all parents. And this one is what we call the family success stage. This is where you're building a family team. So instead of it just being focused on the challenges you're having, you're now creating that ecosystem we talked about at the beginning, where each member of the family is valued, is heard, and you're creating family values and you're creating this understanding of each member in your family. You're starting to recognize each member's struggles and superpowers and, you know, what makes them tick. And then you're creating these systems together as a family that help the family operate. And that's where routines come in. And that's where your, you know, agreements come in. And that's where um, personal boundaries start evolving is when everyone understands each other's needs. Beautiful. And, and I just, I just love that progression. I really like the fact uh, that second stage about uh, time and energy reserve to me, that is just so important where, you know, I'm often telling my the parents that I work with to, you know, to really ask ourselves daily and multiple times a day is like, what do I need right now? Right? Because we're, we're, and like you said, you know, especially, women, mothers, where we tend to be, you know, the caregivers for, for, for everybody and kind of put ourselves on the back burner. So. Yeah. I always tell people, most of us in the world we live in today, we would charge our phone all night and then we would wake up in the morning and none of us would start our day with a dead phone. Yet we start our days day and day after day after day with no battery in our own body. 
And yet we wonder why we yell, why we can't stay calm, why we can't remember things. And it's because we're not feeding ourselves the things that build us back up so that we can be there for our kids. Right. So, so important. Now, one thing that you were, you know, talking about having children help us find solutions. To me, I, I'm, I'm just, you know, thinking about the, the listeners who are probably like wondering, well, well, you know, how old do they have to be to be able to go through these processes? Like a, a, you know, a toddler um, might not be able to, you know, to verbalize what solutions might be appropriate and so forth. So how do you navigate kind of the different stages of child development? So we've, we've used this with all stages. And one, that's why you, you start with those first three stages, right? Because if you're able to ride through a toddler not being able to communicate that they wanted waffles instead of pancakes, you have to kind of ride that out. And then afterwards, try to figure out, okay, how am I going to tell what my toddler actually wants um, without needing a tantrum to tell me or an outburst or whatever that might be. And we and then you've got your end time and energy, which is super important if you got a toddler because they're keeping right. you busy, right? And then in the moment, what am I going to say? What am I going to do to navigate this challenging situation if my toddler is climbing on the furniture, if my toddler is, you know, getting into a dangerous drawer, if my toddler is doing these things? And I know with your Montessori background, you know how capable even toddlers are that sometimes parents don't give them credit for. So... At this stage, once we get to ahead of the moment, there are so many ways to communicate with someone who doesn't have verbal language to communicate with. You can communicate through play. You can communicate through pictures. You can communicate with, you know, um, you know, with stories. And there's so many ways that you can brainstorm together, that you can play things out, you can script things out, and they can help you come up with solutions you know, this is coming to mind right now. Um, it's not really related, but I was thinking of this kid in the, I was getting changed at the pool the other day and this little boy, and he just goes, I want a cookie. <laughs> His mom was great. His mom was really great because she was like, okay, that's interesting. Like it just came out of nowhere. Right. And, but it didn't because my daughter had to cook an ice cream sandwich and the wrapper was next to me and he saw it. She didn't know that at the time. And she's like, okay. And he goes, you've got a cookie. She's like, no, I don't have a cookie, but we can get one after we get dressed. And he goes, so later? She goes, yep, so later we're going to get a cookie. And he goes, you don't have one. <laughs> no, I don't have one, right? And so he didn't have a lot of words, but it was very clear what he wanted. Whereas mom, mom very clearly could have been, no, we're not having a cookie. We're getting dressed, right? But she was able to navigate that by saying, hey, Okay, I hear you. You want a cookie? I have no idea where this came from, but yes, let's get dressed first and then we'll find a cookie, you know? And she's like, I don't know where we're going to find one, but I'm sure we'll figure it out. <laughs> you know, it was it was a really good example of of just communicating with a toddler and communicating with a child that doesn't have a ton of language but still can get their point across. Definitely and 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 from just those that those few words that you shared, you can you can hear the wheels turning right in his brain. Like at that age, they have 
they have this receptive language, but they're they're not yet able to to express, which is oftentimes why toddlerhood is so hard for them, uh, for them, not for us, for them, <laughs> because they're not able to to communicate all of that. And in the early stages, it really is a lot of what we do pertains to the parent because truth is, is you just, you can't control your kids. You can't control your spouse. You can't, you have no control over anyone else in your life except for you. And so all the way to that ahead of the moment, you're not even, you're not really getting input from others yet because it is all about how you show up, how you stay calm, what you understand about yourself. And then you can start to expand that out. Definitely. And just to me, that whole notion of just self-awareness too, like what is, you know, what is triggering us and why and how can I resolve that? Because it, it's not the child's fault. It's it's us. So true. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, this has been uh, delightful. I've, I've, I really like this whole idea of the st- stages and the, the framework that you've put together. And I know you're coming out with a book that is going to be released uh, in what, five days? Yeah, very yeah. soon. You want to tell us about that? Yeah. So the book is Calm the Chaos. It's a fail-proof roadmap for parenting even the most challenging kids. Um, and this book is breaking down those five stages. And in each of the stages, we break the stages down, not just by theory, but action steps. And the action steps are built off of the framework, which we didn't go in depth in, but it's just really quickly. It's you connect, understand, empower. Those four elements, when you have those at any at any capacity, even if it's just a tiny, tiny sprinkle, if you have all four of those, when you're trying to navigate something, you can get through it. And so we approach every situation with those four key steps, but we start really simple in the first stage. And so every chapter is us walking you through or me walking you through exactly what it looks like, how to do it, and action one action step with every single chapter, um, stories from our community of people who have put it into action in their real life. And um, so you can think of it kind of like 20 habits, right? Five stages, four steps each, 20 habits that if you build these steps and habits in your life, you can go from surviving to thriving with your family. Beautiful. That is going to be well received, I'm sure, by the entire parenting community. So thank you for that. Thank you. Um, So just as we wrap up, I always like to have my guests kind of go back in time. Um, and you said that your eldest uh, is 17. Is that correct? He is 17. He just graduated high school. So if you were to go back 18 years ago, what wise words would you tell yourself knowing all that you know today? I There's a few things. So number one is I think every parent needs to know that they are exactly the parent that this child needs. Because at some point along the journey, you will feel like you're not cut out for this or that they would be better off with someone else um, or that you're not doing it right. And it's you're never going to get everything right, but you are not failing. And that every single child is unique, but you never have to believe the message that your child's broken. Thank you for that. Thank you. Any any parting words that you would like to leave our listeners with today, Dana? I think just 
if you're listening to this, I just, and you've ever, like any of this resonated with you or you're feeling like, yeah, but you don't know my kid. I want you to know that there is hope. There's not just one other person who's gone through what you're going through, but there are probably millions of other parents and there is a roadmap. There is a way out of this unsustainable chaos and you can do this one baby step at a time. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for for your wisdom and just your sharing um, your own experience. It's been delightful to get to know you today. Yes, it's been wonderful. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Art of Parenting podcast. And if you did, please share it with your loved ones and make sure to leave a review so it can get heard by many more. And remember, if you've got a question, let me know. I'm here for you. Till next time.